Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Coptic month of Hatur, and as I mentioned to you last week, the theme of this Coptic month is listening to the Word of God in our life. And the Gospel today was from Matthew 13, and it's the parable of the sower, as we discussed last week as well. And the parable of the sower, the Lord, He speaks about four types of ground. Again, the four types of ground are the wayside, the rocky or stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground. And as we mentioned last week, and I'm sure you're all aware of, that these, type, uh, these types of ground are symbols of the heart, or stages in the spiritual life. And today I want to speak about listening to the Word of God. Listening to the Word of God. The first point about listening to the Word of God is that Sometimes the problem of listening is not the seed, it is the ground. The problem is with the ground. The problem is not with the seed. It was the same seed that was scattered onto many different types of ground, but it was only in the good ground that it bore fruit. For example, we have like a question bank that we have, and one of the most common questions that we get in that question bank or that I've received is, why is liturgy so long? That's like the number one question. The second question is, why does Abuna have a beard? And the third question is, uh, why do Abunas wear black? But today, why is the liturgy so long? But my question back, my, my question back to whoever asks, the many who ask this question, is what type of ground is asking this type of question? It would be one, like, one type of question to ask, why is the liturgy so long? And you're asking from an academic point of view. You want to understand the origin of the different prayers. and That's fine. But my concern is that what type of ground is asking this type of question? Because... Maybe it indicates that there's somewhere else that you would rather be, and this is like a burden for you to be at a liturgy, and to, this is too much for you. So it's an indication of the ground that, uh, that someone would ask such a question. The problem is not with the seed, the problem is with the ground. Sunday is supposed to be the Lord's Day. It's a day set apart for God. If it's not for liturgy, it should be for Bible study, should be for fellowship, for, should be for communion, should be for glorifying God. So it's not for the NFL, it's not for catching up on work, it is not for all the other things. Sunday is, a reser- is reserved for, for God. Some people might complain about orthodox style of worship and say this style of worship is not suitable for this time period and it's but the problem is not the seed the problem is the the ground the problem is the ground maybe some people will complain that um, the people who are giving lessons or the people who are teaching they don't have enough like experience they don't have the pedagogical like knowledge to deliver Way. And so that's why it's, the seed is not planted. But the problem is not the pedagogy or learning the lesson style. It's important to do those things. And actually last week we had, like, or last month we had lessons on how to give lessons. But what's more important is the ground. 
the ground because the ground is what makes the difference. The problem is not with the seed. The problem is with the ground. If we are bad ground, if there is something not right with our ground, then we set limits and limitations on the seed because the seed wants to grow. It wants to bear fruit. It wants to plant. It wants to embed. It wants to change. But if the ground is not receptive, there is no hope for this good seed. Last week when I was reading the Synexar to you, it was a long Synexar, it was very long, and there was many saint stories, so I think maybe, but there was one beautiful story, it was about St. George the Alexandrian, and this story caught my attention when I was reading it to you, it was about St. George, and he had a cousin who was pagan, and was part of the noble family. And as she was, uh, they must have been walking around at night, I don't know, but they uh, walked past a monastery, and it's written in the Synexar that when they heard the sweet hymns and the glorification of God, this pagan woman converted and became Christian, not because of sermons, not because of evangelism, not because of St. George's like influence on her. Just she heard something very small and it changed her life. And then she became a martyr. It was almost insignificant. I wish, yeah, how many hymns do we hear? And no offense, but I don't see martyrs. Like this was one hymn she heard And then she decided I'm going to become a martyr And then after her St. George said I'm going to be a martyr too And then he was martyred following her You see the idea is that This is the remarkable aspect of the seed Is that the seed is just a tiny vehicle That contains the full capability of the plant The seed is at the kiddah But the plant is Big tree. But if you let the little seed into your heart, you will get to experience the full capability of the seed. If you let a little seed of God into your heart, you get to experience the full capability and full blessing of God. And what's so nice is that the seeds is so small. And so I was thinking like this church is full of 10,000 seeds. Like the church is like a strawberry. You know, strawberry has like, I looked it up this morning, 200 seeds on the outside of each strawberry. 200 seeds. But the church is a million seeds. If you think about it, every aspect, every word, every sentence could be a seed that leads you to, to change. Every hymn could be an opportunity for change. Every passage of scripture, we read three, four, five readings today could be an opportunity for change. And, and as St. George's cousin was, when she became a martyr, we say the blood of the martyrs, they become the seed of the church. They became the seeds of the church. And the good news for us, maybe as parents, parents, you should take a nice deep breath. Take a nice deep breath because all you need... All you need is one seed to implant into someone's heart and that would change. One, just one out of all the, ten th the icons, all the saints, all, the, all you need is one seed to touch someone's life and then that could change their life and could make them 
change and dedicate their life to God. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Didn't we, we talked about multiplication a few weeks ago. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. It produces much grain. The idea is that these saints... And when I read this story, I was very touched by this, this, this woman that heard one hymn and then dedicated her life to God. So when we hear such story, their, their story, their lives, becomes, they become the strawberry. They become the strawberry and they have 200 seeds and they spread seeds to the whole world. Like St. Anthony. St. Anthony was one fruit from a beautiful tree. And that fruit had... Millions of seeds. Like Pope Carolus. The same thing like Pope Carolus. Every day I check my Facebook, I read a story about Pope Carolus and a miracle. This was one man of prayer who was touched by God. One fruit that bore many seeds. 10,000 seeds. So there's so many seeds, so many opportunities. We just need one seed to be implanted in our hearts. The second thing about listening that we need to think about is to be careful what we are listening to. Which seeds are being planted into your heart? I said there's 10,000 good seeds, but also there are a lot of actually evil seeds. Yeah, evil seeds. If you read the parable that was following Matthew 13, or in Matthew 13, it's the parable of the wheat and the tares. The wheat and the tares. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced crop, then also tares appeared. Where did these tares come from? And the people in the field, they said, Where did all these tares come from? We only sowed good seed in, in, in these kids. We only sowed good seed. Where did the tares come from? The tares came from an enemy. The enemy has done this. That's what the landowner said. The enemy has done this. The idea here is that the enemy is also trying to plant seeds in your field. All of us, all of us are the good ground. Into all children of baptism, Right? All of you take communion. All of you are the good ground. But what happens is, is that the evil one takes, likes to take control. He's controlling and deceitful. And so he wants to come into your field and plant bad things in your field. And he ruins the good ground. He ruins the good ground. And in the parable today, we see how the devil ruins the ground. Actually, the one way he ruins the ground is that he plants thorns. He plants thorns in the good ground. This ground that has thorns, it's a good ground. It yielded fruit. It has thorns. It has fruit. It, or it has the capability to grow. It has the capability to nourish and to feed the, the plant. But because the enemy sowed thorns into it, that thorn, what does it do? Chokes. The word of God. It starts to compete for the, the seed, the good seed. It starts to compete for the good seed. The other type of thing that the devil does to us 
is he brings rocks into our field. He brings rocks into our field. The rocks, as our Lord Jesus Christ said, are tribulation and persecution. But rocks, I think, could also mean barriers for belief. For example, many times I've talked to people like about Christianity or whatever, and one big rock of belief, one big rock, I don't know why Like this has become so big, is they say we don't like what the Bible has to say about homosexuality. So because they're like, so they, they like some of the, they like the moral teaching, they like all the Jesus wonderful person, they like all this stuff, they like all, and that's great, great and stuff. But when it comes to this, and it becomes a rock, a barrier for belief. And what's interesting about this is that it reminded me of the, the parable. It said, what does the, you know what the Lord says about this rocky ground? He says that the, in the rocky ground, uh, here's my question, do you know what killed the plant in the rocky ground? What killed the plant in the rocky ground? The sun. The sun is what killed. It says the sun scorched it. The sun. The sun is supposed to be Beneficial. The sun is so like, is the source of new, it is what's used for photosynthesis and carbon capture and cell walls and they, they benefit from the sun. But the thing that was supposed to benefit the plant actually scorched it, killed it. The same thing, like in this case, I was thinking the Bible. The Bible is supposed to be the sun, it's supposed to enlighten your eyes, it's supposed to give you clarity. But actually, it seems that it's, it's a barrier to some people. It is a rock. It has become a stumbling block. And the Lord said, I, I'm a stumbling block for those. It is in their way. It becomes a rock. You have to take, and that's the devil bringing rocks into, into the field. The wayside. The wayside becomes the wayside when people walk. On the wayside. The wayside is supposed to be your property. And I'm, I was thinking my backyard, right? And then all of a sudden, I see like the city walking in the backyard. That would be a problem. That's my backyard. The devil, who is walking in the wayside? The devil. He is the one walking and treading on the ground and making it hard so that you cannot receive the seed. He takes dominion over the... The wayside is supposed to be a place for... Like, should be a place for planting. Like any farmer who has ground, he wants to limit the wayside to the very like narrow section so he can maximize his area for planting. But this wayside is the devil comes and he takes control of the whole area and he starts walking on the ground. And he, starts, and he takes control of the ground so that when the seed comes... The birds of the air. Now, who's the birds of the air? Actually, the Lord Jesus Christ says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one, the wicked one, game and fin, where is he? It's because you let him in your field. You let him have ownership in your field. So then the wicked one, he comes into your field and he snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. 
you have to, if you want to listen to the word of God, you have to remove the, the work of the devil, all these bad seeds out, the, the thorns, the rocks, and his possession over, over your captive, like the, the way the devil makes our mind captive to some bad thinking and bad thoughts. The third thing that I want to speak about listening is that listening and understanding are different things. Listening precedes understanding. Or to say it another way, in order to understand, you have to listen. And what was interesting about this in the gospel of today is that the Lord, or the disciples went to the Lord and said, Why do you speak in parables? And then the Lord Jesus Christ, he had a very interesting response. He said three very interesting things. He said, he said a lot of things, but I'm going to focus on three. He said, because it has been given to you, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Then he said, therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Then he said, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see, and to hear what you hear and did not hear. The interesting thing about this is the Lord said, Yes, you know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But when he said this, the disciples themselves, they didn't understand anything of the parable. Actually, they didn't. It was only after the Lord had said these things, then that they sat with the Lord, and the Lord explained to him, Oh, you want to know about the wayside? The wayside is this. Oh, you want to know about the rocky ground? Oh, it's this. Oh, you want to know about the thorny ground? It is this. What's interesting is that understanding came later. Listening came first, and then understanding came after. The same is true for us. Sometimes we, you know, I don't understand things of the Bible. I don't understand this prayer. I don't understand, and I don't understand. And then we, like, shut off. No, understanding comes after listening. You have to listen first. You have to stick with the Lord. The problem with the others is the others, they didn't get to hear the explanation why. They didn't get to hear the explanation because they had ran off. They left. So if you leave, if you leave the church, if you leave the Lord, you will not have understanding. You will not have full understanding. But understanding is coming. It's not like the Lord wants to leave you with that. He says, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of... So He wants you to know the mysteries. But it comes after, after listening. So... The three problems again. It, listening is not the problem of the seed, it is the problem of the, the ground. So if, if we have a trouble, like if we're having trouble, maybe we should evaluate our ground. The second one is to be careful what we are listening to. We said we, there's 10,000 good seeds, but unfortunately the media, culture, all this stuff, many is so loud. 
And so there's other things competing for our good ground. But try to remove all of those things out of your field. And in order to listen, or in order to understand, you first have to listen, and understanding comes later. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.